Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Chat. My name is Brian Kearney. Absolutely delighted today to be joined by Dutch DJ, producer, and one of the main men involved with a state of trance, Ruben Doranda. Ruben, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? It's good to see you finally after yeah, God knows how long. <laughs> I think I think the last time that I saw you was at um briefly was at a state of trance last year. So um so much has happened uh, since then. Um you, I can't you, believe that that was probably one of the last moments that we all had together, I think. That was the last bit of normality that, that many of us had, yeah, and just just how much the, the world seems to change and especially within uh, the scene that we're in, um, just so much has happened. So it's uh, I'm really glad to speak to you today. You're one of the people on my uh, my original list that I wanted to... Um, yeah, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was... Um, you're someone that I've I wanted had on wanted to have on the show for a while. Sorry, but um, just starting off, I'm probably starting off on a positive note um, for this episode because you've just played your first show in a long yes. time. Luminosity, yes. can you describe how good it felt to be back on stage? It was quite unreal to be honest, because just like yourself, I've been streaming. A lot like did a lot of live streams and then suddenly you, you're out again in front of people and normally you were just in front of a webcam you had your keyboard there you were talking with people and if something happened then you would talk about it with the people that were watching the stream and suddenly you're in a in an environment with people that give energy back instead of a chat that's talking to you so it was really weird to First of all, the pre-ritual, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, that you have to prepare for a gig. Normally, yeah. if I do a stream, I just, like 10 minutes before, I'm just like, okay, I'll just grab these tunes. These are new. I'm going to see if it's, this is nice. But suddenly I had to dig back because of the first gig into, I don't know, 15 months of music, picking the highlights, which, which I think were the ones that you play and some of the own tunes that I played and I haven't played in front of a crowd before. So the, the pre-ritual was kind of weird. But then when I was walking up to Fuel, and you know how it is, and a lot of people know how it feels to get on that beach of Limonosti. It's a little bit of a magical feeling, I guess, yeah, even yeah, though yeah. I live quite close and I've been there many times, but this was the first time in a long time that I actually had that buzz again, walking onto the beach of Limonosti, see the banners of Limonosti. It felt really, really surreal. Yeah. But um, it was great, man. It was great. Even though um, the day before, I have to say the Dutch government has been doing this fantastically. Uh, the day before, you need to get a, a PCR test. Yeah. Saying that correctly. Yeah. It took about two hours, but it was worth it. Like the line was massively, even though you set up an appointment on beforehand. But um, it was well worth it for to go to those two hours to just do a set at Luminosity and to see Bo again and to see uh, Marcus briefly again, Marcus Schultz, who I did the party with. Yeah, it was nice, man. Tastes like more. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine um, that feeling of being back on stage. And, and as you said, uh, myself and yourself, we've done a lot of streaming over the past um, 18 months. So we've basically be just been playing in front of a, a phone or a camera in our... Um, a home with no um, physical interaction with anyone. So I was no energy. Say, no, nothing. It's it's uh, it's it's something that I don't feel I could I can do anymore. I think I've given all I can with the streams at home. It's just um, 
I'm done with them. But uh, <laughs> how how did you find the the energy of the crowd? And did it seem to you like the crowd were just as happy to be back as you were at oh, that stage? A thousand percent. Like I was doing um, the, the the event was Luminosity in search of sunrise themed. So. Uh, I played a two and a half hour set and I think Marcus Schultz played four and a half hours. So it was long sets. And uh, I kind of dove in the role not to play too hard yet because Marcus also had a long set. So I don't want to be playing some uplifting in the end. And then Marcus has to start all over again. Yeah, so yeah. I really started out, I think it was like 122 BPM. So I really started out low. And then you notice that Luminosity in general has quite an uplifting crowd. And it took a while before they got going, but as soon as, as soon as it went, it went. And then you really notice that people really missed, first of all, the human interaction, yeah. uh, the loud music and just the companionship. And also what I found interesting is that for the last, what you say, the 18 months, you have not met any people that you don't know. So it's super weird to have a conversation with someone that you don't know, like you don't, there's Strangers, actually. And the last 18 months, I haven't met any strangers, which yeah. is really weird. But uh, the, I think the, the the energy of the crowd was, yeah, they were really ready for it. And I think um, that's what you see all over the world right now. So I think uh, as soon as everything really opens up again, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic, man. It's a summer of love. I think so. I think everyone is going to be so up for it. And um, it was... Uh, uh, I know myself that I'm going to, be, the first time that I do play or the first massive show that I do do, I know myself it, it's going to be in a very emotional occasion for me because of everything that's happened over the last 18 months, sort of never knowing if, our jo- if I'll ever work again. That yeah. These are some of the things that like, is the world ever going to be the same? Is, is my career over? And I think, say the first big show that I do, I think I'm going to get really emotional playing certain songs that I've been working on over the past 18 months as these will be the first time that I've played them out to a crowd and it will remind me of all those dark days that we've experienced over the last 18 months and just it's it's been really really difficult um I've I was speaking to you last week. You said you were listening to the podcast and you found it uh, really, really yeah. interesting to listen to people's different stories. What has your experience been over the... How would you describe your experience over the past 18 months? I think it has been an um, emotional roller coaster, to be honest. Um, when it, First of all, I really want to, to say that, that we were really fortunate with the State of Trends uh, going through the 950 episode, which was... The, the, the feeling of something happening in the world was already starting because the people from China that normally would come to the event didn't come. So um, there was already something going on. And then still we managed to have that um, event on such a scale. So that was a blessing that we still had that. Not knowing afterwards that we took, for example, the contact that we had briefly for granted because we were all living in the fast lane at that moment, right? Yeah. So... When everything just went down in March, it felt like, well, maybe it's going to be like a few weeks or something like that. I still did the show in Canada, the one that uh, Factor B also told about in your podcast in Montreal. That was the last show that I did. And when I came back from that, the the first phone calls came in that shows were going to be canceled. Um, 
So at that moment, I was like, okay, this is going to take a little bit longer. Maybe Creamfields, that would be the first one at the horizon. Anything before that is probably not going to happen again. And then it started hitting harder and harder and harder. And then suddenly at that certain moment, I think everybody had a click like, all right, what now? There's no more shows. Um, first, we're going to dive into live streaming, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's how, what I started. Do I already did that on Twitch like a lot. So luckily I already had the knowledge and the, the, the I don't know how you should call it, the community. I built yeah. a really nice community, which was also there last Sunday, a, at least a part of it, which is also emotional, playing certain songs that really um, gotten us together in the last couple of months. Um, but yeah, the summer was all canceled. In the beginning, I think you had the same thing. You managed to still do a lot of music because you still had your, uh, you had still had the dot at the horizon that was festivals coming in. So at the beginning of lockdown, I was really productive. I made a lot of music, really, really a lot of music. But as soon as the summer festivals got canceled, and I think the summer festivals are always the ones that give the most inspiration to make music, at least for me, it does. The Untold, the, the Mystery Land, Tomorrowland, the Creamfields. When those all start to fall apart, that was really, um, that was really, uh, how do you say it? Oh, that sucked, man. That was the moment that, that my musical inspiration was down the drain. I didn't, I didn't manage to make music for a long time because I just didn't manage to push myself into making anymore. Right. So I would go into the studio and I would have like, like, why am I even making something? You would do sit on a project for, I don't know, a week and it didn't really go anywhere. So that was definitely, um, how do you say it? it was not a good time for making me. And I still have that. I think this week was the first time that I had after luminosity that I was like, wow, I was, I'm ready to make some music again. So I, a long time, I didn't have the motiv motivation to do anything anymore. So luckily I still had the streaming and uh, most of all, I still had the state of trends, the radio show every week, which um, I think it's definitely been one of the things that pulled me through because uh, we all have our weekly schedule, right? And suddenly, for example, for yourself, you don't have your weekly gigs anymore. So that goes out of it. So every day becomes the same, I think. So for me, the weekly or bi-weekly recording for a state of trance was just one of the things that really kept me going on still on meeting people that people are behind the scenes that are recording and editing and stuff like that also uh still maintaining the the, the relationships with armin and still managed to get people into the studio for guest mixes um yeah that was one of the things that really kept me going the last couple of months yeah, that's that's this the thing that's sort of different from you from almost everybody else in our scene is that the estate of trance thing continued every single week. Yeah. So in a way, you continued to work while everybody else wasn't working and especially for what we went through over the past eighteen months, it must have been a very nice distraction sort of away from yeah. all of that type of thing. But for me personally, at the beginning of all this, I had so much energy and so much desire. I was I kept coming up with ideas for different team streams. I uh, brought back my radio show. I wanted to try and make it the most interactive radio show around. But that uh, motivation and desire started to dip 
as I realised, right, this this is this is going to keep going on for a good while. Um, and the thing as well was I was getting uh, emails from you uh, probably every couple of weeks looking for new music for the radio show. And then I started to feel as if I wasn't doing enough in terms of making music. But, but to be perfectly honest, I just did not have the motivation, the desire, any of that to, to first of all, make any new music myself. Mm-hmm. If I did make any of this music, I didn't really want to play it out. And then by the time the gigs do come back around, people have heard it already. And number three, I really don't, for me personally, I don't want to release music on my label while this is all going on because what you're describing from how you played at Luminosity is it's music, it's, I I don't exist unless people listen to what I make. Mm-hmm. It's the same for all of us. Like I, I'm just someone who makes music. It's the people who support me and come to my shows and listen to my music are the ones who make all of that. So... If I can't do any of that by playing at shows or anything like that, I, I don't want to waste the music. I don't want the song to just get released, it's forgotten about, and it, it never has that live connection. So thankfully, I have a nice backlog of music that will be ready to go once we, we start back up. Yeah, um, I have the same, yeah. Yeah, but um, to, to be honest with you, Ruben, um, you were talking about... Um, when the gigs were being cancelled, the one that really hit me hard a couple of weeks ago was Tomorrowland getting cancelled. Yeah, I was same, just like, yeah. "Oh no, this is this is going this is all going to happen again." It really, really, it, it gave me, excuse my uh, language, but it was a kick in the balls. To oh, hundred percent. Yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the same for me because we all know that Tomorrowland is the pinnacle of festivals. I think if, if ask uh, every single artist, which. Uh, three events are the most important. They would say either EDC or Tomorrowland or something like that. Um, it's exactly what you say. When that got canceled, it was first it was a sort of disbelief because things are going better over here on this side of the world. People are getting uh, their shots or there's good ways to work around that you have a PCR test and stuff like that, negative tests to go into a festival. And then I've listened to all of your, well, basically all of your podcasts. So I've seen what happened in, well, heard what happened in Ireland because every country is is really looking at its own, right? It doesn't really care about the next country. So on the news, I wouldn't hear anything about Ireland. And then hearing also about the UK that, you know, right now Silverstone is going to happen with a full capacity windows of uh, Wimbledon. I was just watching it with, it's, it's full, it's packed. Yeah. And then on the other side, you would have, um, one of the things that I was looking on, on was, for example, John Askew's his solo set that was being postponed, postponed, postponed. And also AUGT from Above and Beyond, which was supposed to happen in August. Uh, also because of the government not taking the right decisions or stuff like that, is being postponed. And then Tomorrowland was really like, okay, it got postponed. Things are looking better. The summer is always looking better. Now it's cancelled. Yeah, I had the same thing. It was like, so now what's going to happen? I really thought when Tomorrowland was being cancelled, it was like, okay, here we go again. Yeah. But yeah, we have to wait and see, I guess, right? Yeah, it, it's really, it's amazing to see the crowds back at like the Euros at Wembley and Wimbledon. It, it just, to me, it sort of sends out a confusing message cause, because we're told that there's this variant going on and it's still in the middle of a pandemic and there's a fourth wave coming, but you're watching TV and, and things look pretty normal, to be honest. So I don't know, it's, it's just hard to understand the way that they 
they nearly mark it how dangerous it is whereas people just seem to be sort of living their lives and getting on with things so it's just it's very confusing and I don't understand how stadiums can have 60,000 people and as you said the shows are getting postponed and stuff in the UK yeah it's it's it's, it's very weird. confusing man it's very confusing and also what you talked about with Neil in your podcast that this was kind of the prediction that you already had about uh, airlines and and ourselves, the clubs, are going to be the last one that are going to be doing our professions again. While well, the airlines are doing well again, maybe I don't know. But uh, yeah, we still have to wait. But luckily, for example, the Luminosity party last Sunday was really a beacon of hope. On on the other side, I still see when you see people still so close to each other, uh, you still don't know is it really safe or because the last eighteen months you've been just in this little bubble of yourself without any human contact or anything. And suddenly you go into, you walk through a crowd again, you know, the shoulder to shoulder and it's weird, man. It messes with your brain. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that is actually a thing. It's called like COVID-19 social anxiety or something. And I think yeah. a lot of people are going to have that, that worry or that anxiety in them being around uh, large crowds because basically people have just been isolated by themselves yeah. for, for so long. Yeah, So that's, that's completely understandable for people to be like that. But, I think um, I think there just there there comes a stage where we just have to say right, it's here. People are vaccinated. The vulnerable are protected. Uh, the, let's get on with life. Like it's if there's one thing I've learned in the past year, like you have to live your life. Like it's it's not a life if you don't live it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying the the government the government what they're doing here right now is the the numbers are flying up here right now but the hospitalized people are going down because yeah. the, the numbers are going up because people are partying and they're hanging out with each other again right so as long as the hospital numbers go down then i guess it's okay but yeah i'm not a i'm not a how do you say it a scientist so i don't know exactly anything but i guess it's here and it's here to stay we just have to handle it like you say and yeah i'm not i'm not a sci- i'm not a scientist or anything like that myself but um I have two eyes and two ears, and I can, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at all this stuff, and, and it's not adding up. It's, um, as you know, I've discussed this stuff in, in detail, especially the woman Neil, where we yeah. were spoken de- about all the stuff that's going on over here. And last Tuesday um, was probably the, the most angry I've ever been in my entire life. Um, like the, there's, I think around fifty percent of this entire country are fully vaccinated now, but you still can't have something to eat indoors. That's nuts, yeah. Like, and they just, they keep, um, they're saying this variant is, is ripping through the country, all this type of thing. But they, they, they came out with all this modelling for all these different scenarios that can happen. So that they were saying, like, they were estimating there could be 700,000 cases between now and October if if they don't, if they keep, um, if they open up as normal and stuff like this. There hasn't even been 700,000 cases in Ireland in since all of this began. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's that's what sticks most to me about your talk with Neil is that the Irish government is handling this really weirdly, to be honest. And it's like they're not looking at what's happening, for example, in the Netherlands or in the US or, you know, you, you decide yourself you want to go out and eat, right? So if you feel that you shouldn't go out and eat because you might be getting something and you're stay vaccinated like yeah. stay at home yeah because you're just ruining so much lives and so much companies and it's yeah 
It's just yeah. weird. And also the, the, the way they're, they are handling the financial compensation to everybody like yourself in, in Ireland has been, at least what I've heard from you was mind blowing, like mm. really badly. Plus, plus there's another thing that really, really annoyed me. They're trying to bring in something now where that if they do open indoor dining, you have to be fully vaccinated or recovered from COVID in order to be let in. Yeah, that sucks, man. That's, that's not, that's not good. That's, that's why positive, I mean, positive discrimination, basically. Yeah. That's discriminating against, first of all, there's people who don't want to take the vaccine and that's, that's their right. Second of all, I'm not anti-vax. I think they're brilliant. Um, if you want to take it and you think it's going to protect your life, you take it, no problem. I think it should be pro-choice. If you want to take it, you're allowed to take it. If you don't want to take it, you don't. Therefore, yeah. if you want to go somewhere, you take a PCR test, you're negative, you go whatever you want and you, and you live your life exactly as you want. Yeah. But it's just, it feels to me, there's no debate about all this stuff that they release. We're just told this is how it is. Whereas there's other people coming out and saying this is ridiculous, but they're not allowed to debate it and to question all of this stuff. So it feels to me that we don't live in a democracy. We, we, we no. are, we are it's, it's basically communism, what, what it is. You're it told is. the way it is and it's, it's not right. Um, like Go 90, for here. Yeah. sorry man uh, 99.9% of the deaths have occurred in people over the age of 40 99.9% so why do, why do we get restricted in what we're doing it's just oh man it's just uh, I felt really good for a couple of months because I sort of felt things were getting better and I was able to just turn away from all this stuff and just live my life but when these things happen, it stirs up all these old emotions in me. Yeah, it's me angry yeah. again. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's it's the work that I'm in. It's so affected. But to be honest, uh, Ruben, the, the situation with nightclubs and stuff in Ireland, it doesn't really affect me because I probably only play in Ireland maybe once a year. True. It's everything yeah. outside. So once everything gets better um, outside of Ireland, it, that's, it, that's good for me. Um, it's just... It, it just I, makes yeah, it doesn't no, make sense. It doesn't, doesn't add up. Sense. It no. doesn't add up, man. And the, the the thing that I really admire about the Dutch in general is that they don't panic. They're very rational. They think things through. Very forward thinking. You can even see that that the Dutch were doing like pilot events with like um Renier with Joris Vaughan yeah, 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 yeah. This was in March. These yeah. were they were doing this really like forward thinking, um ideas and that stuff isn't even happening here yet there's like pilot events for like three and a half thousand people and everybody is given a little section where they have to stand with about four other people and there's messages coming up on giant screens please tell the world that you're having a good time and then hashtag pilot event it's it's crazy stuff man i'll, I'll send you the image of what i'm talking about but it's just like this, it's some of it is just very, very surreal at times, man. Very, very surreal. I just don't understand, like, how do I, how I see this is that uh, we are doing all these tests and all these events and just to see how things are uh, getting together. And you would say that we are in a European Union, so they would share all these things with each other. And right now, over here, you can, you can take a test for free. You know, the government pays for your for your test if you want to go out. If you don't want to go out, you don't have a PCR test. You don't need to get vaccinated. You just need to have a negative test. You can go on an airplane. You can 
you can uh, you can go to uh, the cinema, you can go to a restaurant, stuff like that, because you're not positive. That's just how it is, right? If yeah. you're positive, if you're negative, then you can just you can do what you want to do at least for the next forty-eight somewhat hour. So I don't know. I think that should be just the way it is, right? And is life pretty normal in Holland now with everything that's going on? Do you feel like it's a lot more normal? A lot more normal, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. since last week, we don't need to wear face masks anymore in stores, for example. Um, that was that. That's was also one of those mindfuck moments, man. When you walk into the supermarket and you don't need to put on the the face mask, it's like that was it was like. Yeah, the one of those moments I need to wash my hands or something like that, you know. So, uh, yeah. It's just so, so driven into your psyche, psyche that this is how this is like this is normal now where it's it's yeah. never it's, it hasn't been normal. Like you should see people's faces, you shouldn't just see their eyes. Exactly. When you see their eyes, they just look so scared and frightened yeah. and you're suspicious of everyone. But I'm really glad to hear that because that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. Um not having to do is wear a mask. I hate them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. But you know, the 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 thing right now that I think we're doing a good job in this country right now, and you see, like I said, the cases are going up. But I think that's also because a lot of, a lot of people are getting tested instead of you know, like you need to get tested to go to a club or something like that. You can still go to a restaurant without a test. That's no problem because you can be on distance. But uh, especially the events, man, you you. You have an app on your phone that shows uh, that gets the information from the testing company. You get a barcode, you get in. And I know this is this is also food for a lot of conspiracy theories, but as long as you know, I'm okay with it. You know, I'll just if I need to do that to to do my job, to do a gig, to get myself tested, then bring it on, man. I don't yeah. care. I'm exactly the same, Ruben. I will do. Yeah. I'll do whatever it takes to sort of get back playing. And yeah, the yeah, world exactly. And stuff and. Obviously, that that was your the first gig you've done. Have you anything else coming up this yeah. month or next month? Yeah. So next week I'm going uh, to Croatia to Census. I think uh, that's going to be the first time where we're going to see a lot of our colleagues again. It's going to be interesting to hear everybody's stories. Um, that also is an event that that you need to be tested. So you can only get into the the event itself if you have a negative test. Um, so that's the first one. Then I'm I'm going to New York, the 30th of July and the 31st of July to San Jose. I'm still, I still hope that everything will go like the way it's supposed to be, but I guess that's, we'll find out uh, in the next couple of weeks. And then, um, yeah, the summer is going to come with some, yeah, I hope that it will go through Creamfields, um, a mystery land. So there's, there's some stuff going on, of course, uh, state of trends coming up. So those are, the events that I have in my schedule right now, but I've always been skeptic about uh, every single show that's in my schedule. Like I, I only believe it until I actually get into the event from now on that it's going through. So, yeah, I think I think America is in a pretty good place at the moment because yeah. I, I like I remember seeing like um, videos and pictures like dead males playing in Vegas for like ten thousand people. This was like two or three months ago. So yeah, I think they're they're a lot further on and. Just, just seeing that type of thing, it just, it was, it was great for me to see that it is happening. But at the same time, it was really frustrating because I'm thinking, why can't it be the same here? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I had the same thing, especially in those in the beginning. It was like, 
why are they allowed to do it and why do we have to sit inside? No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. But yeah, I guess um, our patience will be paid out soon. I hope. <laughs> yeah. And what 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 was like the most the most negative thing, or what was the most negative place that all of this has has taken you to? Has it has it like really affected your mental health? And what did you do to sort of to feel like you had a purpose every single day when you got up? Um, I think the worst was uh, when we really went. I think it was the when we went into curfew over here that you really felt that you didn't have any freedom to even go and you for well you couldn't see family anymore because you were not allowed to go there anymore. But also to be restricted um, to go somewhere in the evening, you were not even allowed to go in the car and drive around a little bit or go to the beach or whatever just to unwind a little bit. So that was one of those, I guess that's one of the, the deepest moments that I've had. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm mentally quite a strong person and it helps a lot for me to also hear the situations of other people. So that's why I, was, I said last week to you that you didn't notice, but I was listening to all your podcasts and they helped me a lot because um, hearing about the stories of others in your situation, because it is a doggy dog kind of world that we live in. And as soon as you step down, there's 20 million people that want to go in your position and take your spot. So I really feel that it was uh, great to hear stories from other people in our uh, own situations and to hear how they are dealing with everything. Um, that helped me a lot to get through any negative mindset or something like that. And one of the most important things for me personally has been my community on, on Twitch, right? So um, it's really a group of friends and a lot of people have seen dark days in there. So we have Discord server together. If someone has dark days, they can always reach out to each other and just pull, the, pull them through. And they've pulled me through many times as well. Like if I had a shitty day or a dark day, it was always someone like sending a message. Hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? And I did the same thing to other people as well. So I think uh, reaching out to people and daring to listen to other people instead of sitting in your own bubble and only listen to your own story really helps, uh, yeah, getting through. And yeah, like I said, the stories of yourself and um, helped a lot by putting things into perspective. The the talk with Factor B has been really good also mindset-wise in regards to social media. Um, yeah. So those are really helpful things. So it's other people that pull me through, really. <laughs> yeah. What's your What's your opinion on social media, especially um, trying to come up with content when there's not much to post about? How have you How have you dealt with that? I, to be honest, in the past I would post something every second day or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the last couple of months I didn't really post too much unless there was something exciting happening. Um, so, yeah, I think the same thing that what, what Factor B was saying, that um, social media is one of the most toxic places on the planet because whether you want it or not, you start comparing yourself to other people. And also what I, <laughs> I really agreed on is what you were talking about, that I was happy that I grew up without any social media. Yeah, man. Because yeah. if I see my cousins right now, how they need to handle things, how they need to compare themselves with others, how they are being fed role models, um, 
I'm just happy that I grew up, that I needed to walk to my friends with a football in my hand to see if they wanted to play out, come out and play football instead of WhatsApping each other if they wanted to play football or not. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do less and less social media, like still post something like that. But actually this week I considered uh, taking Instagram off my phone, for example. I already have Facebook taken off my phone. I don't have any news apps anymore because that really destroys um, creativity in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that's the next step that I'm gonna gonna take is to take off Instagram on my phone and just use it in the web browser or something like that. But on the other side, I still wanna see what other friends are doing as well. But yeah, how, how do you feel about the whole? I, I'm, exact, I'm exactly the same. It's just like um, when I had shows and when I had stuff or when I had like releases or all that stuff, I, I feel like I, I can contribute in, in posting stuff that's that's relevant. But I'd rather just not post something for the, for the sake of it. Oh, I haven't posted something in four days. I need to post a photo of me sitting somewhere posing for, for a picture and pretending that my life is perfect when it's not. And yeah. I think, uh, especially Instagram, Instagram is, it's a, it's a mirage of trying to, it's showing people that you have this fantastic life and you're not. So like a lot of us haven't been having fantastic lives over the eight, last 18 months. So I don't feel like posting stuff about, about myself, pretending that I'm happy when I'm not. And if I am happy in my own life, I'd rather enjoy my time in my own life rather than showing the world how happy my life is. True, yeah. You know? Like, I was even watching, um, there was a clip I saw, it was when England scored a goal the other day and it showed a crowd and the crowd going crazy. And I saw two particular girls in the crowd and instead of celebrating with their friends and hugging them, they were taking out their phone and trying to record it as quickly as they can. They were trying to just, like... <laughs> you're just you're experiencing a moment in real life and you want to take a phone to show everybody that that's nuts mo- yeah like uh, don't get me wrong we we are all in a certain way addicted to technology oh, and 1000% valid- validation all that hands up all we all are you know but I know myself you need to just we need to live in reality and like live in the moment all that type of thing and I just think I think Instagram is probably the it's the least toxic of the of the apps in terms of social media. Twitter is a sewer. Oh, pfft. it is. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's it's designed around hate. The algorithm is all around conflict and making you hate people who disagree with you and enforcing your view of the world by showing you exactly what you want to see. I haven't been on. I haven't looked at Twitter. You know, um, sometimes I get dragged in at the odd time, maybe a couple of times every four months or something, but I never check my uh, feed and I, I haven't checked my mentions in nearly four years. Twitter is <laughs> horrible, man. Facebook <laughs> isn't as bad, but I I deleted Facebook from my phone. Yeah, I did that I a long think time it was ago, maybe yeah. four or five years ago and I, it hasn't gone back on. Um, but it's just, social media can be fantastic, but it can be very toxic at the same time. And I think you just, you need to have an awareness about how much time you're spending on it. Is it impacting on how you view the world, how you're looking at other people, how you're looking at yourself? It's just something that you, you need to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think it's you're right what you're saying. Everybody is addicted because it's the it's the endorphin that gets released, right? If you if, yeah. if you see that someone validation. likes it, yeah, it's validation. Everybody's looking for validation. It's everybody wants to hear 
um, hey, you did that really nicely, man. That's really good. And that's one of the reasons, I guess, that social media doesn't show any dark sides because you won't get any validation out of it. And no. Twitter is actually true, man. I have, a, I have a folder on my computer with hate messages from mentions and, and people on Twitter saying the most horrible things about me as a person. And I've, I've never even met them or whatever, but people just want to want to hate on, on, on me or whatever, you know, it's... Ruben, that's nothing got to do with you. That's a reflection. No, I know. That's, 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 that's a reflection of how unhappy they are in their own life that they would actually do that. So in a way, you nearly have to feel sorry for those people. I do. They're, yeah, they're I that, do. They're that bad yeah. to send you that message. It's nothing got to do with you. So it's it's not nice reading that type of thing about you, but you, need, you sort of understand it's you can't take this stuff personally. If, if, I don't. If, no, you know, I don't. That's why I'm saving them. You know, it's like... Um, Especially because I, I just, I can't uh, twist my mind around it that someone would go out of the way and make time to write something about something that they don't like and then spray into the world. Like, I hate this person. Then if you hate this person, then don't spend any time on it. You know, I don't really understand it. But, you know, if they want to do it, they, they do it. It's a modern world. Yeah. Modern world, unfortunately. And as you know, people are probably very angry with everything that's going on over the past True. year and they have to vent yeah. vent in some way. But um, in terms of, we spoke about it um, earlier on in the show, um, do you feel now that your your inspiration and your, your desire to create new music has returned? And what sort of artists have you been listening to to sort of inspire yourself to create more music? It's a good question. I think... The, the the general way music has been going the last year, or there's actually two directions on once because I'm very active in the one, two, eight to one, three, two, right? I, f- I feel that that whole genre has disappeared. It has went, it went to one, two, three or one, two, three, eight and up, I think. So I've been listening to a, a bit of both of that. There's a lot of artists that really had a good year the last year. I think, for example, I've been listening to Marsh a lot. But on the other side, I've been listening to a lot of uplifting stuff as well. And I've started to appreciate even more than in the past, because also now that I'm mixing our number two of the state of trance, I dove even deeper into the genre. And this year has been, there has been really a lot of good releases this year. I think, um, like to mention Factor B, for example, he has been killing it this year. If, I don't know if he released or made this music in the, in the year before, like you mentioned something in Croatia yeah. and stuff like that. But um, yeah, there's been some really good artists. Um, yeah, Spada has been doing really well. Avira is killing it as well right now. So yeah, that's been a couple of really good artists that gave me the inspiration as well to go both ways and I'm also working on some 138 stuff myself as well so it's um, it's nice to do that again and do you listen to um, any other styles aside from like say trance or progressive trance because yeah. for me I've sort of um, for a long time over this past year I didn't really listen to much music I was just mainly listening to the podcast about football or whatever but to be honest in the last couple of months I've, uh, I've really rediscovered my love for music and why I actually do love it. I've been listening to a lot of progressive, like uh, Christoph. Um, oh yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of Frankie Wah. Yeah. He's like... Should have seen it coming. Is my number oh, one tune of the year. Yeah. The, he did like, uh, what's it called? The, the Revivals Mix. 
it's like it's like it's just an incredible melodic masterpiece of a mix uh the likes of bicep um then in the more techno um realm you sort of like jay lumen uh joy hauser oh, just yeah. people like that because um mario Picotto spoke about it as well the 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 techno genre has gone so melodic and so trancy in the past year 18 months that it's for me it's 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 my dream that's the music that i really really love it's so, all of your passions coming yeah, together <laughs> yeah yeah it's driving and it has the melody and it's well produced and it's 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 really cool and that that for me it's it's ignited my passion for music but it's made me want to sort of learn how they make these tracks and take inspiration from what they're doing bring it into my own music and sort of merge the styles together it's just it's it's been really really good and I don't know why it took me so long to sort of get back into listening to so much music, but it's just, I don't know, man, just there's certain if times you're, where you're feeling certain things. If, if your mindset is not there, then yeah. you won't, you won't, you won't pay uh, attention to what you listen to anyway. And that's also one of the things that I've, one of the reasons why I said before that I deleted all my news apps from my telephone, because what I did in the morning, I would check the news. And if you would read something that would upset you, like anything COVID related, your whole day is gone. It's gone. It's down the drain. Your whole day, it's it's gone. So that's one of the reasons why I took it off. And I think that's probably one of the things that you're saying as well, that you start focusing, listening on to music again. I listen to a lot of really random indie pop, like uh, High as a Kite, for example. Uh, Solarstone did a remix for them. Um, Aurora, some really weird, melodic stuff, but that's what I really enjoy listening to. So... If you want to hear something weird, check it out. But I love that kind of stuff. And and it's especially stuff outside of dance music that gives you inspiration as well to write certain chords or something like that, right? Yeah, that's all my, my... The inspiration for most of my tracks, they come from music that's nothing got to do with dance music. It'll be pop music or 80s music or, or something because that's... It's just... For me, I get greater inspiration for making dance music from music that isn't dance music mm -hmm. if, if that makes sense yeah it does uh, yeah yeah it's it's um it's worked really well for me i like going in seeing what certain chords they're using maybe you can't copyright chords which is something that i learned a few years ago so just to take them take their uh, chord sequences and turn it into something completely different thank god because otherwise all the music would have been done already yeah, right <laughs> it's crazy what is it um 12 keys all together have created every single song yeah. ever made Amazing, how they, how people continue yeah. to keep creating new tracks from just twelve notes. And there's a lot more to come. <laughs> I know. I hope so. I hope so. Um, just thinking back as well, the first time I met you on properly on tour, I think was in San Francisco in 2014. We played in at uh, the Temple. And yeah, I, think I, I found out then you were a big sort of basketball fan. Is that correct? You still yeah, we went to a game as well that uh, that time. And I remember uh, that you needed to leave before the end of the party. And then I played um, I played some uplifting stuff and some of your tracks at the end yeah. of the party. <laughs> I remember that. I think it was the um, Trans Family San, uh, San Francisco five-year celebration. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, just, yeah, it was, it was like just, yesterday, man. Yeah, but coming back to how weird last year was it didn't really get off to a good start when like Kobe Bryant was as killed in the oh, helicopter yeah. crash it was just like right this year is going to be 
very strange and surreal because I think you went to a few Lakers games over there, didn't you? Yeah, and to the Clippers and to I've been to the Warriors games and yeah, I love the the whole spectacle of American sports. Really, it's intriguing to be honest. Really, uh, yeah, it's really nice. Have you but I'm more. The- Sorry, football fan then. Yeah, have you watched The Last Dance on Netflix, the Chicago Bulls documentary? Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was one thing. It's sort of, uh, I get these obsessions where I, I become obsessed with certain things and then like late 80s, early 90s basketball was something that I got obsessed oh, with for about man. six weeks. Like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All and, these people. Oh, oh yeah. man, I, I honestly have all the books here. I've about I read about 15 books in about the space of three months. Um, just fascinating. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Just like the Dream Team in 92. And I don't know, man. It's just maybe it was because I was a kid back then. I have this idealized version of the world in my head. And I just think everything was amazing back then. If I could go back in time to any time, it would be to America in, in the late 80s. I don't know. I just think... I was- it just my my whole um, my bedroom when I was about ten years old or something like that twelve was all basketball posters. It was Shaquille O'Neal, Sean Kemp, uh, Gary Payton, um, who else is there? The Dream Team. I had a big poster of the Dream Team of I think it was ninety two Barcelona, something like that. Yeah, it was big, yeah big yeah. poster there. Yeah, I was always around basketball. I still, I, back then I had, I had like a dream to go into American college and play basketball over yeah, there. Yeah. You <laughs> but have you know, the height anyway, Ruben. Yeah, 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 that's true. But it's a bit too late now, I think. Yeah, never too late, man. Never too late. You could go back as a mature student. Well, if, if, uh, if um, LeBron James can still play this well on his age, then, yeah. Yeah. Going, <laughs> speaking of uh, going to college, like just coming back to um, what we were saying about not knowing whether our careers were going to continue. I honestly felt at times where like, maybe I'm going to have to go back to college here and, and study and learn something new. Um, because I don't know if I'm ever going to work again. So, yeah, that's true. Um, does, does that worry ever come to you? Like, what do I do? Has you ever entertained the thought of what will I do when this all ends? Or like, have you any plans? Um, Is there anything else that interests you that could be a career choice? Should all this end or when it does end eventually? Well, before I started working full-time as a musician into the music industry, I worked at Heineken, the beer brewery, and had a really good job over there. So I kind of took a plunge leaving that company. And I went to college for the or high school, whatever, uni. Uh, I did a hotel school, so hospitality management in hospitality industry management. So that would be one of the things that I could potentially do. But back then, like last year, everything has been going down the drain as well. So I know uh, a lot of my old classmates, they are really struggling right now with their companies, their hotels and restaurants and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't really, to be honest, I've been really careful with, I didn't do any weird spendings the last couple of years. I've been always saving up because I always feel like, um, I don't know why, but it's always in the back of your mind that next year your career could be over because you're not relevant anymore. You're not going to be booked. So I try to put everything that I've earned aside and just make sure that you can have a nicer tomorrow. Right. So, um, I'm not really a guy that spends a lot of money on random stuff or something that you don't really um, have any value to right so yeah. but yeah well, I don't know what I would do to be honest about music there's always 
yeah, there's always something, you know, the la- like the last year, like I said, I've been streaming a lot. So that generated quite some, uh, well, it doesn't compare to your gigs and stuff like that, but it generated income. I still have a state of trends. I still, you know, um, I do some production for other people as well. So that's still manages to, to keep on going for the future. I don't know what's going to bring, like what's going to happen in 10 years. I don't know. Mm. I really don't know, but I can always go back into hospitality industry, I guess. So. And that, you mentioned there about the fear of becoming irrelevant. Is that something that you felt you've always had or is that something that sort of creeped up in the past year or so? Um, I don't really, it, it's not really a fear or I just know that it's going to happen. Like, if, if you, if you're honest, like we are like you and me, we already have a way longer career than most of the people have in the dance industry. It's quite rare that you've been playing sets longer than five years or that you keep, um, people attached to you for more than three or four years. That's so very, very rare because if you look back, I can, like, I have a closet of vinyl here. Yeah. Most of, most of these artists, they don't release music anymore. They're not touring anymore. So it's quite rare already that we already made it this far. So I still believe that we can still go on for at least another, I don't know, five or 10 years. I don't know. That's my hope. So it's not really a fear. It's more of a Real- realism. Realism. Exactly. That's what it is. Hmm. I sort of yeah. felt the same. It's in the last year because when you get so used to going places, flying all over the world and people knowing who you are and... And then have that all taken away and then you're just left as you're just sort of this human you're just be, you've become yourself again you're not the traveling artist you're gonna think like right are people gonna forget about me that's these these are things that i've thought over the past year like people are gonna forget who i am all yeah, these type of things you know i, but think, I, I know yeah. it's nonsense but yeah it's the the, the funny thing is that I, I thought about that as well but it's quite the opposite actually because you don't know how many people you have pulled through depressions because of listening to your music. That's just the facts. Because um, especially what I saw in the beginning of the lockdowns that people just really dove into music because it's the only thing they still have, right? And I still believe that music is one of the few things in the world that actually unites and that instead of divides, right? So people came together on Twitch channels or YouTube channels and they were stuck in their own little room or whatever without any friends and they started uniting through music and that's also because of what you've created your music they talk about your music so i think it's quite the opposite you just have to realize it because uh i know that it's it's it feels that way but in the end uh look at how many streams you have on your kitchen sets yeah dude if you play a venue for four or five hundred people you do that set those people see it and that's it. Mm. But now you do a set from your kitchen. It feels like you're standing there by yourself with your cat and your dogs, whatever. But in the end, you've reached so many people with it. So it's just how how you see it, right? The weird thing is, Ruben, as well, it, it feels like I am performing when I'm doing it, even yeah. though I'm playing in front of a phone and I'm recording it and then putting yeah. it all together. It feels like I'm actually playing in front of a crowd, as as weird as that sounds. Obviously, it's a little bit different for you when you're on Twitch and you are actually live streaming, but it's just, it's it's a it's a weird thing, but it's 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 a nice to keep that feeling going so mm-hmm. that like, when I do get back on stage, I won't, I won't have really forgotten what it was like, you know? Yeah. yeah it's that's cool. True. That's true. Well, the, well, what I noticed that 
after performing such after such a long time is that um, normally I have my laptop with me with all my tunes, and suddenly all of those USBs were out of date. So I needed to like one didn't work anymore. I couldn't find my earplugs anymore. You probably <laughs> have this. You probably have the same uh, when you're gonna prepare for your first show as well. My my headphones look here. These were my DJ headphones, and they had the old logo on it. So I needed yeah. to put stickers on it. Okay. So there's suddenly all these kind of things that you need to think. <laughs> I can't wait for you to experience it, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I think I think we can we can finally discuss it now that the the lineup's been announced. But for yes. me, this has me absolutely buzzing. Cannot wait to make more music, all that type of thing. But um, the lineup for a state of trance has been announced. We're both playing at it. Um, yes, it's going to be the biggest fest indoor festival in probably in Europe when it takes place at the time. Um, just I know I'm buzzing for it. Can you let me know how excited you are for it as well? Just you talking about it gets me goosebumps. Yeah, same here. It man. does. They're it does. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's just because I really strongly believe that this will go through because the situation now is going here right now. All the permits are in place. The numbers are flying down. The, the you know I strongly believe that it will go through. I just hope that everybody that is able to come uh, wants to come is able to come. For example, from America from wherever they're coming from and dude I'm so excited to to play all this new music because I think State of Trends and also Luminosity is one of those moments in the year where you start premiering new music instead of playing most of the tunes that people know of you and expect you to hear it's the moment where you can actually start playing music that you made for the last 18 months for the first time so I'm really, really excited about it. And I also know that a lot of people from my Twitch community are going there. They're going to meet up for the first time. There's And then seeing all of you guys again, even though the state of trance is the worst moment to chat with me because... <laughs> yeah, you're too busy. I'm too busy. There's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so disappointing at times because you would fly in the studio and there was a next interview already or I need to go there or there. And I always... I always feel after after a show like I say the trends I always feel like texting people hey sorry man I didn't have time sorry I always feel like an asshole not yeah taking the moment or taking a sec to say hi but yeah I'm looking forward to it especially seeing everybody again because I think that in the past I definitely took it for granted to to see people and sit down with people because um, we've played so many shows together but most of the times you were in the end, I was in the beginning. Yeah. But I, we never had really had time to sit down to talk about things. And and the funny thing is that we communicate mostly when something happens with Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> something bad, yeah. Something bad. And it's but been yeah. dollars throughout the last few years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to have that interaction again because one of the things that I learned in the last couple of months is what I said before is to hear other people's stories as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's it's just the getting the news that I'm playing. I like I've known that I'm going to be playing for a while, but I'm not going to say when I'm playing or where I'm playing. But it's going to be good. Yeah, the set time that I've been given, it's 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 really done a lot for me personally, mentally. It's 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 it. I need to have something to look forward to, and I really feel now like I have. For me, ASOD is always my highlight of the year. It's when I get the opportunity to showcase all the new stuff that I've been working on, 
all the new stuff that's going to be coming out on my label, all that type of thing. So for me to have that aim for the start of September, to work on all this new music, to get it finished, to make, to premiere all this new stuff, it's just, it means a lot to me and I'm really, really grateful that I'm going to get the opportunity to play there again. And as I said, Ruben, I think hopefully get to see you for a little bit longer yeah, than sure. I usually do. And, and yeah. as you said, I think it's it's important, especially now that the gigs are back, that I would have been sort of a person that sort of went, played, went to bed, flew home. Now I think it's about savouring the occasion because we've seen what has happened over the past year. We can't take this stuff for granted. So I'll get down there early. I'll walk around. I'll watch different people playing. I'll enjoy it. I'll take it all in. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited for it, man. I cannot wait. Yeah, me too. That's, that's exactly what you're saying. Like, for example, the shows that I'm doing in America, and also next the creation next week is um I'm taking an extra day, just one extra day, just to dude. We've been flying to LA on a Wednesday and then flying on to Sydney the next weekend, and then you know it's ridiculous. It's unhealthy. We just need to take a little bit more care of each other and yeah, yeah. But still, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be good. Ruben, I think we'll leave it there on that positive note. Um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. Thank it's you, man. my first one that I've done in a while. Hopefully it went okay and you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But, um, it's been great having you on. Can't wait to see you at ASA and, and thank you very much once again. Thank you, man. And I've, like I said, thank you so much for making these podcasts. Um, they helped me a lot. I'm pretty sure they helped a lot of people as well. So keep them going, please, you. because you're a good interviewer. Thank you very much. Yeah, at least I've learned something <laughs> in the absence of gigs. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ruben. Take care, mate. Thank you very much.